Did you know the Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin? Through the words and experiences of investment professionals, you'll discover who was their best mentor, what's a mistake they made that changed their approach, and how do they find their next great idea. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Published by American Funds Distributors, Inc. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. You are now tuned in to the Prescription for Purpose podcast, the number one podcast for Christian women to learn how to apply God's principles to fulfill your God-ordained purpose. Every episode will empower you with the tools and wisdom necessary so you can strategically execute and excel in every area of your life. This is the place for you to learn how to walk in purpose, to walk with purpose, and to fulfill God's purpose. This episode of the Prescription for Purpose podcast is brought to you by the Prescription for Purpose app. It's the number one resource and tool for any woman who is looking to grow in their personal relationship with God and also learn how to pursue purpose. It is so rich and so um, just filled with every resource that you need from a study Bible to Bible study videos to an updated quiz to help you learn where to get started. I mean, God has literally given me everything that you need to put into this app. I want you to head over to the iTunes store or head over to the Google Play store and download the Prescription for Purpose mobile app today. While you're there, go ahead and rate it. Go ahead and share all of the things that you love about it so we can continue to share the word and help other women live in their purpose. Now let's get back to the show. Hey guys, and welcome to this week's episode of the Prescription for Purpose podcast. I am so excited because I have a gift for y'all today. Today's episode is entitled How to Build Vision God's Way. And I wanted to really do something a little different. And so at the end of last year, we hosted our first Prescription for Vision event where I really help women overcome any barriers, emotional, spiritual, that will keep them from walking in their purpose. Now, I've retired the program, okay? I've retired the program because God told me to retire the program. And so that's what I did. However, I do want to provide some really good information on vision and vision building. And so I'm going to gift to y'all the first module that is called Vision, the Fuel for Purpose from our Prescription for Vision program. Now, I'm not done doing programming, but God has revamped the program. But I want to really make sure that as we close out this month where we've been talking about success, we've talked about our intention, we've talked about accountability, with really giving you all the tools that you need to build a vision God's way. So without further ado, we are going to hop right into our training. I hope that you have your notebooks. I hope that you have your pens because baby, this is rich. It's good. Okay. It is good, sis. 
So make sure that you listen to this, you re-listen to this, and then not only do you listen for uh, content, but you go back and you apply what's being taught in this module. It is so good. And I'm not just saying that because I wrote it, child. I'm saying it because there's so much truth and revelation that God provides about vision in this module that I could not talk about how to build a vision God's way and not just simply gift y'all this, this module from this course. So without any further ado, this is module one of our prescription for vision course that is now retired, child, okay? And it's called How to Build a Vision God's Way. Hey guys, welcome to module one, where we are going to be talking about vision, okay? In this module, we are really going to be working on establishing God's vision for your life in every area. So faith, family, finances, fitness, and future. And the Bible really speaks about the importance of vision in Proverbs 29, 18. The scripture says, without a vision, the people perish. And vision is really divine communication from God that requires a response from us. And by requiring a response, that means we are to take the next step with the new revelation that God has given us. And what's even more important to understand is the outcome of not having a vision, which is to perish. The word perish comes from a Greek word that means to cut off entirely, cause to be lost, utterly destroyed by experiencing a miserable end. And this is why seeking God for his vision and will are critical to the overall success for our lives, because vision is what provides us with focus, direction, strategy, and everything else that we need to execute and fulfill the plans that God has for us before we were even formed in our mother's wombs. Without vision, we cannot achieve our purpose. And when we talk about what vision looks like and what role it plays, there are three things that having a vision should do. First, it should stretch you. Anything that you can complete in your own strength is not a big enough vision. Divine visions from God will always require you to lean on his strength in addition to your obedient execution. And I want you to remember and meditate on this scripture, Proverbs 16 and 3. And it says to commit your actions to God and your plans will succeed. Oftentimes we don't show up. We'll get the plan from God. We show up 10 out of the 100 times we were supposed to be there and tell God that the plan isn't working. And we make these attempts to change the plan, but you have not executed or shown up well. It should be a stretch. And because it's a stretch, it should require you to address your limitations, your comfort, and your own resistance to change. You will face resistance. You will. Anytime that you are walking for God, Jesus said you will face persecution. You will have trials and tribulation. And so we have to stop being surprised when we start trying to do the right thing, knowing that the devil is trash, okay? When we try to do the right thing, and we face resistance, we oftentimes will say, oh, God's not in this. And we use that as an excuse to shrink back. You will face resistance working to increase your capacity. And so it's so critical that you complete a self-objective examination, meaning that you take your feelings out of it. Objective meaning that you just go off of straight facts. And you do this so that way you can develop a strategic battle plan to help you overcome those external and internal barriers. This is why we start with doing a root cause analysis and we start with doing just an examination of yourself. There's so many different types of barriers, lacking knowledge or skill. Just because God says that you're called to do something, 
that doesn't mean that you don't need to hone your skills. God has called me to be a nurse. I do continuing education. I'm constantly working to improve my skill. Being gifted and being skilled are not the same. You can deal with behavioral barriers like procrastination, things like anxiety, spiritual barriers like fear and unbelief. All of these things should be challenged by your vision. The vision should be so big that you have to deal with this. And because you are making a decision, it causes you to count the cost. The word cost is defined as the loss or penalty incurred, especially when you are gaining something. In Luke 14, Jesus speaks about the importance of counting the cost when we follow him. He also discusses the importance of counting the cost before you commit to following him. The Bible says, but don't begin until you count the cost. Some of us get so excited when we get the word, we just take off and you haven't counted the cost and you wonder why you're burnt out or it didn't work out and it didn't shake the way that you thought because you did not count the cost. We skip steps because we allow our emotions to move us instead of us making sure that we're being strategic. Just because we are faith believers, just because we are hearing from God, God is the ultimate strategist. In Genesis after the fall, he was already designing the plan for Jesus to come and redeem us. You have to be saved and strategic. The scripture continues, for who would begin construction of a building without first calculating the cost to see if there's enough money to finish it? And when I looked at the word build in the Greek, it means to build something or someone up as a dwelling place for God. We should be a dwelling place for God. And because we know that we cannot fulfill the vision that God has for us on our own, we must count the cost truthfully in order for us to wholeheartedly commit to God and what he's called us to do. Too often, we will tell God that we want the vision without us being fully committed. We're not committed to him, his plans, or his ways. And it's so dangerous because it puts you in a position to be sinful. In Ecclesiastes 5 verses 4 through 6, King Solomon discusses the danger of making a vow to God without the intention of following through. The scripture says, when you make a promise to God, don't delay in following through, for God takes no pleasure in fools. Keep all the promises you make to him. It is better to say nothing than to make a promise and not keep it. Don't let your mouth make you sin and don't defend yourself by telling the temple messenger that the promise you made was a mistake. That would make God angry and he might wipe out everything you have achieved. So as we prepare to write the vision, we must really decide if we are going to be willing to lose the false comfort of complacency in order to fulfill the call that God has on our life. Are you willing to part with your comfort, your excuses, your old habits, your limiting mindsets, and anything else that separates you from the vision of God? Are you willing to separate? Because when you attempt to do this, when you attempt to follow God the way that you want to, it's not even following him. You expect him to follow you because you proclaim his name. What happens is that you will have an altered or distorted vision. And there's two very common vision disorders that interfere with us operating out of execution and obedience. The first is being nearsighted. Nearsightedness is our inability to see beyond our current circumstance. When you're nearsighted, it can feel as if the walls are caving in. Like, I need some relief. There's too much debt. The fear is too paralyzing and it feels like you just are alone and the deliverance is impossible. And being nearsighted will lead you to limiting your dreams, your hopes, and your expectations because our circumstances don't align with what God is calling us to do. 
And what's even more tragic is that our limited vision for ourselves also leads to us limiting our belief in God. And that's so dangerous. The major complication with untreated nearsightedness is that it often results in an identity crisis because you're unable to discern the difference between a circumstance and your identity. At some point, Macy is no longer a teen mom. We are 30 now, girl. Bentley is grown, okay? You had a child when you were a teenager, but you're 30 years old. You're not a teen mom anymore. You're just a mom. That was a circumstance, but too often we allow circumstances to become our identity. This episode of the Prescription for Purpose podcast is brought to you by The Society. The Society is our online membership community for women who want to grow in both their faith and in their business. It's hosted by myself, Tatum Tamia of the Blessed and Bossed Up podcast, Kavaya Watrice of the She Who Is Called app, and Rosalind Renee of the Therapy as a Christian podcast. This membership community literally has everything that you need. We do free challenges once a quarter. And our last challenge at the end of the year, people were getting saved. People we're getting jobs, growing in their faith. I mean, it is just such a rich place to be. I absolutely love hosting the society because I get to teach Bible study every two weeks. Kavaya writes daily devotionals. We have prayer call every week. Tatum does business training and Rosalind makes sure that we are on our toes mentally and we're able to effectively be productive in every aspect of our life. I promise that you will not regret taking advantage of being a part of this community. Head on over to the blessedembossedupsociety.com to start your free two-week trial. That's blessed and bossed up society to start your two-week free trial today. Now let's get back to the show. Other complications that come with this, overwhelm, rebellion, mistrust, unbelief. And a great example of the impact of nearsightedness is the story of Abram. And we know him as Abraham. And this story is in Genesis 15 verses one through six. God had blessed him with wealth, fame, protection, But Abram was discouraged because he didn't have anybody to inherit all of these blessings. He wanted a child. And because of his current circumstance. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Did you know the Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin? Through the words and experiences of investment professionals, you'll discover who was their best mentor, what's a mistake they made that changed their approach, and how do they find their next great idea? Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Published by American Funds Distributors, Inc. He believed that he would have to leave his wealth to one of his servants. That was custom back in that time. And God had promised Abram children, and he had to bring Abram out of the tent. He told him to count the number of stars to attempt to, and that's how many descendants he would have. We are descendants of Abraham. And after being brought out of the tent and given this corrective vision to see God's plan, the way that God intended for it to be, he was able to see beyond his current circumstances. And he believed God and his belief caused God to call him righteous. The correction of his vision reestablished his trust. It reestablished his faith and his position with God. 
Some of us need to come out of our circumstance and remember that God is bigger than our circumstance. God is bigger than the debt. He's bigger than the illness. He's bigger than all of these things. And this isn't in a way that we don't do the things practically. Okay, girl, if you're in debt, let's do a budget. Let's look at what we have, but seek God for the strategy. The next thing is farsightedness, our next altered vision issue. And it's our inability to focus on and value our current circumstances. When you're farsighted, we find ourselves with this insatiable appetite for what's next. Ooh, girl, I got to get the next degree, the next accomplishment, the next business. And we neglect our current responsibilities. You have 15 businesses and you've been divorced and your kids don't like you. You at church seven days a week, but you're not taking care of your first ministry at home. Being farsighted really will lead you to operate in selfish ambition. It'll lead you to be discontent and you will attempt to be self-reliant. Notice I said attempt. And the major complication with this going unchecked or untreated is pride. And pride is the precursor to destruction. By definition, pride is the arrogant overstepping of boundaries. It was arrogant when Lucy, Lucifer, when he thought that he could be God, he neglected his role in God's kingdom and overstepped and tried to be God. And if you don't know, you should know the way that the story goes is that Lucy got kicked out of heaven along with one third of the rebellious angels that he convinced to follow him. And those are now the demons because he was prideful. In Genesis 3, we watch the fall of mankind when Eve becomes so farsighted that she rebels against the boundary that God set and she eats from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Farsightedness resulted in Eve focusing more on what was being presented by the serpent, which was the ability to be like God if she ate this fruit. That's in verse 5, Genesis 3, 5. She was more infatuated with that, and she arrogantly ignored the boundary that God had set. So she rejects the blessings of the garden and arrogantly oversteps this boundary despite her knowing that God said not to eat from the tree. She tells him in Genesis 3 and 2, we can eat from everything, just not this one. But the way that the enemy likes to work is he likes to position it as if God is trying to keep something from us. And the dangers of walking around with farsighted vision, it goes far beyond not achieving purpose. It places you in direct opposition to God. In James 4 and 6, the Bible says God opposes the proud. And he not only rejects them, but he's square up, square up. He positions his armies for battle against the proud. Like imagine being the ops against the same God who flooded the entire earth and made fire fall from the sky because you're so busy looking forward that you're neglecting what he's called you to do. So how do we fix this? What is the key to not having altered vision? It's submission. Submission to God positions us in a way, in a place where we are humble, and it provides us with access to his power. Submission is coming under God's plan, his will, and arrangement for your life. And if you look at it in the Greek, it refers to how a military general arranges his soldiers so that way they can accomplish the strategic mission. God is positioning you. Submission means, come on, let me place you to where you can fulfill and accomplish all of the things. This is why we cannot create vision without consulting with the one who had plans for us before we were formed in our mother's womb. 
We love to quote Jeremiah 1 and 5 and 29 11, but we don't like to live it out. And even when we talk about submission, the world has tried to make it look like such a dirty thing. So we're going to check that too. Biblical submission is not about inferiority. One thing about little Lucy, because I don't put no respect on his name. He's going to take a concept of God. He's not a creator. He's not even equal to God. He's an annoyance to God. He's our adversary. But he is not equal to God. When we talk about biblical submission, it's not about you being inferior. Inferiority means that there's little importance or value. That goes against everything that God tells us. Why would I send my only son to die for you if I did not value you? Jesus was literally God wrapped in flesh. And while here on the earth, he submitted to God daily. John 5.30, Luke 22.42, Jesus talks about him coming to do God's will. Even in the garden, he said, not my will, but yours be done. Jesus isn't inferior to God because he is God. Submission is simply us divinely prioritizing and committing to fulfill God's intended design for our lives. That's purpose. And when we are given the privilege to partner and be used by God, we should do so in a way that prioritizes what he tells us to do. And that partnership results in us having access to his divine power, his divine protection, and his provision. It's through that power that we're given the authority to tread on the heads of serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. We love to talk about us having that power, but it's not just for us. It's not by our own might. It's given to us by the Holy Spirit. And we have to be in relationship with God in order to receive it. Submission does not mean that God does not care about your desires. When we take pleasure in prioritizing God in our life, he will give us the desires of our heart. That's scripture. God will not keep anything from us because he gets great pleasure from being good to us. That's scripture. God will not withhold anything to those who walk uprightly. Scripture. He said this, and he's not a man that he shall lie. That's also scripture. Numbers 23, 19. The only requirement is that we take a genuine and personal interest in being in a relationship with God and living in accordance to his word. And there's literally nothing that we cannot ask him for. Submission has to be your focus. It's a beautiful thing because that means there's things I don't even have to worry about. I don't have to have the answer. So many of us find ourselves overwhelmed because you think that the results are all on you. The devil is a lie. The only thing that you are required to do is be obedient. Radical, obedient execution. That's it. And you do it and you move on to the next thing and allow God to be God. You and God can't both be Jehovah Jireh. God and alcohol can't be Jehovah Shalom. God is going to be your peace or you're going to use alcohol to try to have some semblance of peace. But God is not going to, he's not going to compete. It's so important that we understand this because once we do, now we're able to take the vision and turn it into reality. You don't manifest nothing. That, that's why this whole manifestation movement is trash. I get to play a role, but God is in charge of the results. He manifests. I get to play a role. So when we talk about turning vision into reality, we are able to partner with God, but you didn't do nothing. Not by yourself. So now that we understand this pillar of vision, 
I want to talk about how it goes into us strategically executing. Here's why vision is so important. It does two things. One, vision is what feeds your faith because every day will not be easy. I already told you that we are going to face trials and tribulations. So during your quiet time with God, take five to 10 minutes every day to review your vision. And it's going to serve as a reminder of what you are working toward and the promises that God has made to you. Put it on a sticky note. Put it, you can even take the vision that God is giving you and make a vision board. It's when you make these vision boards where all of this stuff and God ain't nowhere in it and then you expect him to bless it. I encourage you to even write out your vision daily. The goal is for it to remain at the forefront of your mind and for you to interact with it daily. And because it's at the forefront of your mind, the next thing that it's going to help you do is for you to fix your focus. Distraction is one of the biggest enemies to vision. The minute you take your eyes off of what God has called you to do, you can find yourself in a position where you've wasted time, money, and energy. I have been there. And so what you'll do is you will utilize your vision to fix your focus and help you with strategy and decision-making. All of the tasks, priorities, and objectives that you develop should connect with your vision. Your daily tasks are just bite-sized pieces. So now I don't have to worry about, is this a good decision? I just need to be able to say, okay, is it lining up? When you're making decisions and you're really looking to navigate this, I want you to ask yourself these questions. One, what has God said to me regarding this person, place, situation, or opportunity in my prayer time? If you don't know, that means that you skipped a step because you need to talk to him first. The enemy will send things that are good, but they are not of God. Even opportunities, even people who are supposedly of the faith. The next thing, what does this person, place, thing, situation, or does this person, place, thing, or situation align with God? Does this align with the vision that God has given me? If so, how? And be honest. Don't be trying to stretch it out. You should be able to directly correlate the two. God said, I'm going to be a nurse. I'm going to enroll in nursing school. God called me to be a nurse. So I got my CNA license because there were two years of prerequisites that were required. It lined up with my vision to get my CNA license. It was a good financial investment. It was a good investment of my time. I learned a lot and it fed into what I was pursuing, the vision. Ask yourself, what will making or not making this decision cost me? And that's not just money. It's money, time, emotions, spiritually. You can make more money. You can't get more time. We're very, very audacious and bold to think that we can put off what God is saying until a later date or time, but we don't know the time nor the hour. You don't know if you're going to be here in the next 30 minutes. What is it going to cost you? And what fruit or return on investment is expected? And again, this is not always something that is monetary. You can spend time and invest time and build relationship. Compensation is more than just money. Relationship matters. Favor matters. But what is the expected return? Anything that does not align with the vision that God is giving you is not a priority. You need to be aware that these distractions will come and they will look good, but everything that looks good is not of God. You have to remain sober and vigilant. That's scripture. He's always looking around, looking for someone to devour. He walks around like a roaring lion. First Peter 5 and 8. Make sure that you are getting the vision from God 
because it's going to dictate how you operate. So now that we properly understand vision, we know how to posture ourselves, we can develop vision. So in our live session, we are going to be working on our Virtue by Design workbook, where we are going to fill and complete the vision that God has given you. And we're going to really work it out in a way that it will be a strategic plan that we can build on over the next course of our weeks here as a part of the Prescription for Vision program. So I cannot wait until our live session so that way we can dig deep in the Virtue by Design exercise. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. In unscripted conversations with investment professionals, you'll hear real stories about successes and lessons learned, informed by decades of investment experience. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. New episodes are available monthly. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes in an episode today. Published by American Funds Distributors, Inc.